Ain't That Swell's True Grit Tour is brought to you by Billabong Wetsuits with graphene technology. Superior warmth, flexibility, and durability, and comfy as. Ain't That Swell live icons Mark Ocalupo, Joel Parkinson, Creed McTaggart, and Seth Moniz all rock the graphene tech, and you should too this winter. Today's episode is brought to you by Better Beer Zero Carb. This award-winning zero-carb beer got sixth in the hottest 100 Aussie craft beers and a bronze at the 2022 Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show. It's an absolute stonker. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and only 87 calories per can. Uh, This award-winning crisp and mighty refreshing beer is simply made of the good stuff. The creme de la creme. Water, malt, hops, and yeast. The zero carb is 4.2% alcohol. Enjoy responsibly. And now, get your skank on, Swellians. The big dance is about to begin. Please welcome to the stage the dons of degeneracy, the Illuminati of the surfing literati, the award-winning Altered State Warriors, Smitty and Vaughn Rinscon, the Deadly. Packing my oral cannon, busting from Okinawa, Japan to Laurel Canyon. Swallow flows, we turn it like flush tires. Mellow and trolls, lyrics be burning like brush fires. Spreading vocal literacy, using discrepancy. Lyric weaponry, lessens your chances, attesting me. Stopping please, MCs, I block atrocities. True philosophies from the lips of black Socrates. So hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ain't speaking of fight me, I want to be a part of this fucking jump. Wanna be Kenny's tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the quarterback. Drop down, say bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, cast the table thing? Oh, surf looks good on it. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! <laughs> Get a haircut. Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, live from some skitty Margaret River Theatre. Are you kidding me, Vaughn? We are done with filthy, seedy, piss-smelling, feet-smelling pubs, mate. We're going up in the world. We're in the home of the bourgeois parasite. And if there is any chin-stroking, beret-wearing folk at the back, just be careful with the reviews in the Margaret River Daily because I'll be fucking stroking some chins if there's any shit ones. <laughs> I'm your host, of course, the two-time Gold Cone Piece award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro... Dosing. Sinini. 
and I'm joined here. And I'm joined here as always by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, and Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn, Deadly. Give it up Hi. for the Vaughn Corn. Thank you. Oh, it's good to be here, Vaughn. Of course, we are here to celebrate our favourite four-letter word, not mad, not filth, not fart, not fuck, not cock, not puss, not jizz, uh, not woke, not joke, not kook, not barn. Grit, Vaughn. Grit! 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 What does grit mean to you? It's a good question, Smitty. What does grit mean to me? What's true grit? If you're wrapping cotton wool from the age of six, have you got true grit? If you're loaded with coin, give him stickers and shit. Have got true grit? True grit. It's dirt in your crack. Sweat on your sack when you're breaking your back. It's diesel and dust and do what you must to get fair of it. Well, true grit is the shit that you get when you're not standing put in the yard for it. Well, come on, Cal Robert you made of the truest grit. You're a true blue Aussie battler with true green in your nuts. Cal Robbo, everybody. Come on round to the panel. Pull up a pew, mate. Pull what up a, a pew down this end, I think. Take a seat. Cal Robbo, one more time, everyone. On fire. Welcome back to the show, Cal. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me. How you been, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Straight out of a, uh, blown straight out of a 10 foot thick wide orb, straight back into the top 10, mate. That must feel pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty good coming off that 10, for sure. Fuck, your ears must still be ringing after that thing. Are you kidding me? Wow. Mate, uh, talk us through it because uh, we're backstage picking it apart and it, it's probably the most talked about wave of the last 12 months. Like, I can't remember one more iconic than that. And given the circumstances, too. We should have a look at it. Yeah, let's have a squeeze. We got Looks like he's going on a bomb. Here we go, Colin Robson digs into this one. Drops in, drains through this section, Whoa. spit and the Whoa. exit for Colin Robson. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. That has to be something around the 10 point right. It has to be. That was insane. Here it is. Oh my gosh. That thing was so thick. It looked like off the wall. On, like, that was crazy. He just brought him down. He was so late on to the On your feet, people. Come it on, Swellian. Like he was going to know that, but he somehow managed to press his back foot and just engage those fins and drive through that huge First 10 of the year, Smitty. Amazing spit, too, which is an extra bonus for him. Oh, the judges didn't take too long. They know what wow. they're saying. <laughs> Looking at it again, man, it's a... It's a Kind of a glitch cone, isn't it? It's like a backless double up that uh, just was kind of a hole in the ocean. What did it look like from where you were stroking into it? Yeah, well, when I seen it coming, Maxine was out the back and um, he just got a score and I was needing a big score. And when I seen him um, turn and try and paddle for it, I was like, whether I get it or not, I'm going to try and go over the falls because I knew it was going to be such a good one. And by the time I turned around, I was in the perfect position. I was like, holy shit. Because I was like, 
I seen him deeper than me and I was like, he's in the best position. But as it started coming, it just doubled up so nuts. And then, um, yeah, right when I seen it, I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm either going to get absolutely pumped here or I've just got to try and stick this thing. And when I was looking down, it just felt like there was no, like, contour to the way. It was just so deep and, like, almost felt like it was behind me. Um, so I kind of just threw my board and just hope I stuck. And then as I got my rail in it just absolutely doubled up and just as i seen i was like holy shit i made it and then coming through it was insane Fuck, oh, death or glory vaughn that's great what about the vision did you meet buddha gandhi krishna like what was going on in there yeah it was nuts it, it sucked back so hard i was like for me i was just like please just let me out because i didn't know whether it was going to be more like i was going to go over a phone ball or anything i was basically just so pumped i made the drop and by the time I was just sitting in there, I was just like, please let me out, please let me out. And then as soon as I felt it start spitting out, I was just like, oh, here we go. Amazing, man. And how big of a wave was that in the context of your year? Because, I mean, that was an elimination round, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, I mean, you were needing a result there uh, to, you know, build a bit of momentum going into the cut. Yeah, I was actually having a bit of a shocker that heat. I'd fallen on a mad left and... Um, I was kind of kicking myself and I was trying to let go and just move on. But when you have such a good wave to start a comp and you, and you don't start a heat and you don't make it, it's hard to let go. And um, right up with five minutes to go, I was just like, I basically just accepted the fact that I was staring down the 33rd and I need a big, I need a big score, I need an 8.5 or something, whatever I needed. And um, at that point, being able to just let go and have a crack and um, I knew... At the end of the day, when I see a big one come, I'm just going to have to have a go. And, and it come through, lucky enough, and had the opportunity, which I was just super stoked about. Mate, like, for me, it wasn't just the importance of that heat. It was like a life-changing moment. Like, I think of waves that have changed lives. You know, you think of, like, Laurie Town has had a few of them, actually. <laughs> but he had one at Off the Wall when he was a grommet, and it sort of just announced him. And even though, I, for us here in Australia, like, watching you you know, get onto that Challenger series with a last second win at uh, Tweed Heads and then bust through there and then Rookie of the Year nearly. But this wave announced you to the world, I reckon. And um, fuck, man, it, what was your Instagram account like after that? Like 2.5 million, Beyonce following you, all that sort of shit? Yeah, not quite, but... Um yeah, that, that moment for me almost felt like I'd won an event. Like coming in after that 10, especially just how much was on the line. I needed a big result as a 33rd with the cut coming up. I'd had a 9th and a 17th, so I hadn't had great results. And um, for me, staring down the barrel of a 33rd in Portugal, I was like just the significance of that moment and me being able to um, just let go and just focus on that moment for what it was. And um, it was a perfect moment for me of just getting outside of my thinking brain. I was just purely in instincts at that point and there wasn't much thought to be honest it was just paddle as hard and just and then my kind of body just took over and when I come out of that pit I was just like just felt the craze the last then that day I was kind of feeling weird because I've never felt so good in my life like that feeling I was just on the biggest high and I was talking to my cousin Pete I was like I oh, know I need to like kind of rein this in because I've got more heats to surf but I was like I've got to enjoy this because this is like I honestly felt like I won the comp I was just so pumped yeah, man, I can imagine. Just slingshot you into, uh, into a lot of good waves in that event too. But people must have just been coming up to you with their dead phones and just going like that and it's just recharged instantly. You would have just been fizzing. <laughs> just let me touch you. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Man, so crazy too, because we know how hard you work outside of the water, in the gym, and, and we know that, you know, this is why you work hard, is so you can perform in these uncomfortable pressure situations. And it's become the, the trademark of your career so far, your short career, man. You know, this is what you only your second year on tour, but you know, you, you earn the attention of Medina in your first year as a fellow Iceman. Uh, you know, you iced Fenning at Bells in similar circumstances, like up against one of the greatest of all time there. Again, up against it, needing a result uh, to, to make the cut. Mate, talk to us just about the kind of work that you do outside of the water and, uh, you know, just how it feeds into your performance and, yeah, and, and how satisfying it is to when the chips are down to get a result with nothing but grit. Yeah, I guess um, for me, obviously, like my physical preparation and, and doing all that stuff. But for me, I've been trying to lean into just like the mental aspect of it. I work with my sports psych a lot. Um, and for me, just being able to open up and um, be more vulnerable in certain situations has been a big goal of mine coming into the second part of the year. And um, for me, having all this expectation on that I put on myself from um, trying to make that cut and coming to events. And um, I was talking to my cousin about it last year. I... I didn't have any expectation of what events were going to be like, but I kind of knew what I brought to the table. And then in that moment, I was like, I know what I bring to the table. I don't know what the, what's going to happen at the event. So it was kind of easier for me to go into it. But now, second time around, knowing what I'm going into, having like a level of expectation, it's hard to um, disconnect from that. So that's kind of what I've been dealing with this year, just trying to just find that balance between letting go of what happened last year and... and um, certain feelings and emotions that come by going in the events. Um, but, yeah, for me, just working on the mental aspect has a lot to do with being able to just get out of your own way when that moments come, when you see a wave. And, um, yeah, sometimes they go your way, sometimes they don't. But just getting the opportunity and having um, a go, that's all you can ask from yourself. There's a lot of 50-50 calls in surfing. So, um, yeah, some go your way, some don't. Unreal, man. And talk to us a bit about your family. You mentioned your cousin Pete. He's a coach at the uh, HPC, the High Performance Centre up there. Your other cousin, Reese Robson, is you know dominating in the National Rugby League. Uh, your dad and mum, you know, they're all like gritty as sportsmen uh, from Casino, from Woodburn. You know, these fucking these aren't wealthy parts of Australia. It's like blue collar is all fuck, and uh, people rip in out there, right? So I guess that's part of the culture of your family and where you're from is just to leave no stone unturned in the preparation yeah like you said um coming from a good family of, of athletes and just people just willing to have a crack I think for me just like having the opportunity to have my cousin Pete he's massive in my corner being able to just talk to and someone that just gets it and just happy to listen I speak to him like most days and just get on the phone and we just chew each other's ear off just talking about stuff and Having that sort of relationship is so valuable and something you can't pay for. And um, yeah, so I'm super stoked to have Pete. And then obviously Reese, who's in the NRL, and he's like the epitome of just putting in hard work. He shows up every day, every week, and um, like almost tops the tackle count and just has a red hot crack. And that's kind of what I, I froth about um, sports people is just people that are just willing to show up and do the work. 100%, man. It's one of the easiest things to get behind, you know, someone who's just putting. Putting in 100%, 110%, going all in. Man, and like the craziest thing about your story, you know, you're from Evans Head, uh, a sleepy little fishing village south of Ballina, had never produced a, a pro surfer before you. Uh, you're up against guys 
from the Gold Coast uh, with all the support and backing in the world. And, you know, you were kind of a bolter. Like, you, you come out of nowhere. Uh, you almost didn't even uh, qualify for the Challenger Series to begin with. But as soon as you just got a little bit of that crack in the jip rock, you just fucking peeled it back, put your head straight through it, and went, here's Robbo! Are you kidding me? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we'll take that as a comment. Hey, um... I'd just like to say that uh, Cal's folks are in the room tonight. So a round of applause, because uh, what a champion, young man. And it's, it's like Smithy said, man, there's something just about Brit that we love to get in behind in this country. I think everyone in this room has really been able to appreciate what you've brought to the tour since, since you got on there and, and just fucking blew the lid off it. So. On behalf of everyone in the room, man, thank you, because uh, you really give us a lot to cheer for, and fuck, it's good to have a little battler in there just ripping in. I'm glad you made that wave, because the only thing grittier than making that wave would have been your cornhole if you didn't make it, would have just been, <laughs> mate. Oh. Jeez. Yeah, you would have need... Uh, would have looked like a concrete mixer. Oh, yeah, mate, you would have need open, open corn surgery to get rid of all that grit. Yeah. Would have been heavy. But nah, man, it's, it's, it's awesome. So uh, should we get our next guest out, Smithy? Oh, let's get him out. It's time for our next guest. Fighting out of Merriweather Beach, Newcastle, this strawberry blonde behemoth cut his teeth, delivering parcels past pit bulls to ice fried delinquents in Toronto West public housing estates. A working class man from Steel City. He famously donned the esteemed black and white striped leotard of the Carnival Strongman and joined a travelling freak show before setting foot on the Challenger Series and destroying all comers. A grit merchant of the highest order, his Bogan core credentials have installed him as the World Tour's preeminent cult hero. With ice running through his veins, lead in his feet, fire in his head and Fanta in his pants. He's sure to take more scalps at main break this year than a Comanche at a colonial Criso convention. Please welcome to the stage, the one, the only, Wacko Jacko Jacko Baker, everyone. The Carnival Strongman in the house. Jacko, mate, yes. Well done, Bells Beach. How good did that feel? Yeah, it felt good to finally get past that ninth round and get, get a fifth. I would have liked to go a bit further, but um, yeah, Philippe got me on the buzzer, but it was good to go down without a fight and show that we have that true grit and go down swinging. I was stoked. <laughs> Mate, not the ideal start to the season, but you're flaring at the right time, Jacko. How are you feeling heading to Margs? Yeah, feeling good, especially after that fifth um, coming here. Definitely a little bit less pressure on myself, but 
as the WSL do, they love talking about the cut. But I mean, I'm just trying to distract myself and just enjoy my surfing. And um, yeah, the results should follow and hopefully piss into the back end of the year. It's a good, it's a good strategy, mate. I think Leo, I heard Leandro saying the exact same thing to Yago before. <laughs> exactly in those words. Mate, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, a, a couple of earlier round exits, but just how stacked is that uh, round of 32 at the moment? It just seems like in that round, you're up against anyone who could potentially win an event or at least make the final. Yeah, for sure. That round of 32, I mean, they talk so much about that elimination round because it is less points and less money, etc. But that round of 32 is the brutal one. It's um, no matter what seed you come in at, you're going to match up. I guess there's best 34, 36 in the world, you're going to get one of the best in the world. So it's usually, I went down to a few heats this year with, yeah, 14 points plus a few times. So it was good to finally get past and to come here, a bit better spot on the rankings, I'm, I'm really fired up. Did you have a different mindset going into Bills? Because it, it looked to me that you had no baggage or pressure on yourself. Like you really opened up. You, you could see that your surfing was not tight. There was no... I don't know, there was nothing sort of gripping you and that allowed you to really flare and like, you know, top scored the whole fucking contest, mate. Like you were ripping. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I took into that event was if I came out of that event with another round of 32 exit, I was coming into Margie's needing a huge result and which is which is all possible, but I mean, I wanted to go there and kind of just be like, this could be your last Bells event and just kind of like, just enjoy it and just leave my best performances out there and I feel like I did that. So I was pretty happy with the performance and Come up short in that heat did hurt, but I mean that fires it fires me up for here and to come to come out swinging here. What's the difference between telling yourself that you've just got to let it all hang out and knowing that you can do it? Um, I probably think coming back to those few that year during COVID when I actually had to go get a nine to five job and realise that no matter what I don't want to go back to that and not, don't regret anything at the event. Just go out there swinging and. <laughs> And just so you laugh, but if you do, have you delivered? It's true. I'm just saying I don't want to go back. Have you delivered but, um, parcels to uh, you know, around Lake Macquarie? Tell off. me what Toronto West is really like. Far out. Fuck. <laughs> wow. Nah, but um, nah, just just realising that having no regrets and go out swinging, and now I'm in a position to kind of get on the front foot and get a big result. So I'm excited to be here. Man, it, it's interesting. Like this is the the first year with, with the cut where we've got you know we've come through the cut and we're up to the the second cut now, and so we're starting to see patterns emerge. And one of the patterns we're starting to see emerge is you know guys who went back to the Challenger series, they they don't rust at all. You know they're surfing heats right up to the beginning of the CT season, and we can see the the proof is in the pudding. Jao Chianka now world number one. How did you guys find that extended layoff uh, with the CT? I don't know. It's like three or four months or something. Now, how do you stay sharp during that period? Do you feel rusty? Do you feel like you kind of lost the momentum you had from the previous year? Um, I kind of came in that back end after a few bad results as well. So I was kind of looking for the time off to kind of reset and just kind of went away with the family for a few weeks and just went fishing and drank beers and just kind of got to just be, yeah, just forget about surfing for a minute. Still surfed on the side, but it wasn't like going to a contest every week. And then I guess doing those things fired me up to, come back and get back in the gym and train and come back second year on tour, bigger and better. And 
And um, yeah, I guess a bit of time off is good. I feel like next year I'll probably use my time a bit better, probably drink a few less cans. Came back to the gym to my trainer, seven kilos overweight, so I was full of pies and piss. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, interesting, interesting off-season strategy, that. Um, Cal, you went the other way. You had to go and get a, a, a injury sorted out. You had to rebuild every aspect of just your daily life, not just, you know, your surfing. You had to fucking get to a place where when the season restarted, you were ready to go. Um, what did that do for you mentally? Do you think in the, you know, the big picture, looking back on it, it was good for you? Because um, I saw you in the gym, man. I was there. I was riding you like a fucking jockey, just going, come on, Robbo! And uh, you seemed to enjoy it when I got the whip out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He did. <laughs> yeah, my, like you said, my off-season was a bit different to most. I had an injury to rehab, and um, my injury kind of happened at a at a perfect time. I dislocated my shoulder straight after Tahiti, um, getting ready to go to the ISAs. And um, so pretty much got into surgery a few days later and got it done. I was kind of on the fence whether to do it or not, tossing up with my um, physio and stuff and talking to different surgeons. And by the time we just made the call that now's the best time to get it done and I'll have enough time to be back before pipe. Um, went in there and got it done. And luckily I did because when I got when I was in the, um, in the bed after just recovering from the surgery, the surgeon came out and said that he could pop it out with his finger. It was so loose. So, um, yeah, so I was super stoked when I heard that, that I got it done and had that good um, rehab that whole three months and um, got back in the water. And thanks to Surfing Australia, they did an amazing job. It provided me heaps of support and having the amazing facility to train at. So... Um, I was blessed to have such an awesome um, team behind me to get me back. So, yeah, it was good. One thing you hear a lot of coaches talk about, uh, particularly in the last year and a half, is that, you know, enjoy the process. Don't worry about the destination. Don't worry about the results. Just sort of focus on that. And I reckon with you guys in particular, yourselves, uh, Connor O'Leary, um, you know, the crew who all sort of made that grade together, you guys seem to be so in the moment and really enjoying it. And I think that's another reason why it's so easy to sort of get on board with what you're doing because you are having a good time. You're not taking it for granted. Do you think that that feeds into sort of, you know, I don't know, like a, a freedom when you're surfing heats? Yeah, I think that's the hardest part is to stay in the moment and to be present. It's like to be able to strip things back and simplify it and go out there and try and um, just enjoy every moment. It's really hard when you've got so much other shit going on in your mind. So um, that's kind of the best place to be and that's where we try and be and that's like we all have the opportunity to travel the world together and we're all mates so it's just like just enjoy the fact that we're doing it have a lot of gratitude towards the opportunity that we all have and I think we're all pretty um we've all worked and we all know what it's like so I think we don't take it for granted and um obviously put in the work to stay there Man, it's been very satisfying to see a crew of larrikins out there having a crack a red hot crack on tour. I'm interested to know, you know, what were your highlights from your rookie season, you know, behind the scenes in that globetrotting lifestyle? Like, yeah, where were the places you loved and uh, the memories that'll live long? Um, pretty much every event has a highlight. I kind of like to leave an event and kind of say that was my favourite moment of that, of that contest. I think probably one of the best ones was just how good we got around each other all at, um, all at Tahiti. We all were staying together and 
kind of pissed down rain for 15 days straight of the trip. We're trying to get there early to get some practice in and we sort of have chopes like one to two foot. Well, those preparation sucks. But um, we just got around each other and to watch the boys stuff themselves in a few pits at the back end of that period. Like Connor, I feel like, beat the goat and came when got up, got stitched up. But um, I didn't know how to put that because I was, I was going to say a swear word and I didn't know how to put get it. Get back on protection, you mate. <laughs> But um, no, nah, it was good just to, the whole lead up of that contest. It was the last one of the year and to see Ethan pull through to go to the final five and just, just everyone's individual event to finish the year off was, was, was really cool. And to see where everyone is now and to see Ethan ring that bell last week, it was fucking really special and be down there on the rocks. Up the fucking Ethan, let's go. Like, I think just the whole lead up of last year and that event and how close we all got during during last year and that event especially and to kind of be there as the boys succeed and everyone, like you said, we all, we all get around each other and, I mean, I was down there at 6 o'clock on that finals day and didn't leave till 6 o'clock because Ethan and Ryan are in the final. Like, that's what it's all about and we'd all do that for each other. We're all hard-working Aussie blokes and we just love to be there for each other and, yeah, up the Aussies. Oh, mate, that's uh, a nice segue into our next couple of guests because we're really borrowing from, you know, the handbook of the Brazilian Storm. The Brazilians on tour are rock solid and back each other to the hilt. And, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, as I said, very satisfying to see us kind of rediscover uh, that patriotism and, and coming together and backing each other. And, you know, we're building nicely uh, for Aussies on the dais at Bells. Like, fuck, it's, it's been a while between drinks. So, mate, full credit to you guys. Like, I think everyone plays their part. Uh, in the Australian surfing consciousness and the performance levels. Uh, but without further ado, let's get our next guest up. Hey. It's time for our next guests of the evening. Fighting out of Florianopolis, Brazil. This father and son duo not only shrouded their own nation in glory, but breathed life into our very own supernova, the Vortex Shaman himself, Jacko Throbo Robo. Borrowing from a mystical tradition discovered deep in the Amazon amidst bubbling psychotropic brews, skit slab shamans and sacred toadjis. They've brought style, grace and wisdom to the eternally spinning low-pressure system of the coast of Brazil, better known as the Brazilian Storm. Please welcome to the stage, Yago and Leandro. Applause for our guests. What a couple of absolute legends. Get the capoeira out, Smithy. I love that. 
man. So good to have you guys on here. My favourite all-time guests have been Brazilians. The great Italo and uh, Jadson Andre back there in Narrabeen, one of my highlights from this journey so far. Leandro, man, uh, I'm interested to know like a bit about your story. You know, Brazil, it's such a fascinating place to me. The music, the football, the dancing, the culture, like so colourful, but also... You know, a tremendous amount of volatility and a, a difficult place at times, obviously. Like, can you tell us a bit about, you know, just where you grew up, what your parents did for a living, stuff like that? Oh, man, uh, thank you so much. Sorry, guys, my, my English is not perfect, not too good, but I understand and I try my best. Oh, man, you're doing great, yeah. Yeah, Brazil, Brazil is a lot of sports and the people love sports. And the icons of sports like Ayrton Senna, Formula One, Pelé in football, and now in surf. Surf uh, is big now in Brazil, about maybe Gabriel Medina. Uh, and another guys with Italo and Felipe too, Adriano. And my history is uh, I'm, I'm started on sports for super young and BMX, skate, capoeira, and after surf. 14 years old, I started with surf, and I love surf. And later, I started work with, after my, my career of competition, only in Brazil, I, I, I never compete in, in world tour. Uh, little bit, my, my way is little underground for the surf. It's, is another way. In the 80s, 90s, the competition of surf uh, is, is not like my group, my, my, my crew, don't like for the, the style of the competing surf the, in the 80s, 90s. You need surfing for a wave, start to descend and number of turns. And we like tra train, uh, trying airs and something different and laybacks. It's a important moment in the surf, maybe 90s, 80s, and start of 90s. And the surf just going to, to air and put the tail under the lip. It's, maybe it's the same generation of skate with the skate start on verts. It's, is a uh, super different. Is I love this. I love the airs and the tail of the lips. And I start just study surf about the movements and everything about the technique. I love technique. I, I love surf. I love all sports, and I have super long time in study for the movements and the techniques about your. Uh, Take the best surf, the best technique of execute the the best turns. In that time, the best technique, uh, you guys had two of the best. You had uh, Flavio Paterats and Fabio Gouveia, like flawless technique, beautiful surfing styles, both those guys. You also had, uh, you, you know, at this time that you're pro surfing, you know, Brazil was everyone on tour's favourite stop for some reason. Uh, it was a big, big party time, man. So was that something that you got caught up in or was that something you steered clear to? 
Help, help, help <risos> me, água. Ele falou que nos anos 80, que o Brasil, que o Brasil era o lugar uh, favorito. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going for so many parties. And with your good Australian friends, too. Good, right. so good. Oh, no, that's all these we're having. But, yeah. No talk the names. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, from that party lifestyle, the rock and roll lifestyle, like, when did the transition begin to, to living a more healthy life? Like, uh, one of the real signatures of your coaching style, it's very holistic. It's, it's mind, body, and, and spirit. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, when did you, yeah, when did you begin to, to change your ways? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, man, maybe... When he uh, had me, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is important, yeah. It's the family, for sure. I'm single and more parties, huh? After you married and the, the son coming, Iago, and my daughter, Isa, and... It's a, it's a moment in my life. I have a, a big company of, of uh, surf, skate, and it's a hard moment for me. Brazil is hard for the, the business. Life is not easy. Uh, about the money, about the, your life and your business is, is hard. Huh? And maybe I, I'm, I start, I have two little boy, one boy and one girl, and no money, man. And I need change. This happened for me. It's a, it's a hard moment and little click and oh, I'm start maybe change a little bit in my life. And this worked good and the good things coming to me and oh, maybe this way is good. And I go for this way. It's amazing, man. Yeah, 100%. Give it up. Like, you're the epitome of the underground surfing icon, man. Like, you ran, uh, what was it, Cruel Maniac, this, like, uh, like hardcore, like, punk surf, uh, BMX, like, music label. You ran music festivals. You had this incredibly successful uh, chain of surf stores. Uh, you were a pro surfer. Like, man, it's the, the ultimate lifestyle. It's, uh, yeah, it's super impressive. But who were the, the mentors or the people that, you know, helped you? Uh, who did you learn from when you wanted to make the change from the, the punk rocker, party boy, pro surfer into the family man? Yeah. Did people help you make that change? Man, uh, I still like punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's, it's about this. It's, yeah, it's not only one side. Huh? The life has two sides and you, you need to understand Oh, I live, I stay together. I have a lot of friends, it's super crazy guys, and stay together and go party together. But I have my way and the guys have another way. It's, it's okay. You, you need a balance in your life. Huh? Sometimes you, you need to go to party and punk rock. But <laughs> now my life is, is coaching the most, the best surfers in the world. Yeah, you know, and the level is is super high level. Is you you guys talk about the cut? Is it's cruel? <laughs> this is cruel. It's only 22 guys in the world, and you need your best. And you, for you, make your best. You need 
stay healthy in your mind, in your soul. You need uh, good foods. You need good sleep and hard training. But not, no, not Baker. Baker is more beers. Huh? <laughs> but but this, this is a balance for this guy. This okay. guy work, work with the beer. Maybe he stopped beer and no surf more. He's a showman. He's a carnival strongman. It's in his blood. Mate, I'm curious. Each person needs, you know, coaching tailored to their strengths. No problem. Fuck, this is cool, isn't it? It's so good to have you on, Leandro. Can't wait. Okay. So I'm curious to know, you know, in uh, 2014, Gabriel Medina wins the world title. Is that right? 2013? Yes. 14. 14. Yeah. And then Adriano D'Souza, you have him, uh, you know, he's your, your surfer, you're coaching him. And by this stage, you know, the Brazilian storm is, is well and truly on. You know, it's, it's happening. But Adriano is getting a little bit older. So what did you have to bring to him so that he could reach that goal of being the best? Especially with those young guys already succeeding so high. Yeah. Maybe uh, Adriano is the first Brazilian guy. Uh, the, the, all people in Brazil put the pressure in. You is the first Brazilian champion. Uh, maybe, maybe this heavy in, in the shoulders. And Medina coming and win a lot. And, and world champ. And this is hard for Adriano. Adriano is super bad in this time. It's, oh my God, my, maybe my, my time finishing, the, the new guys coming, it's not uh, only Gabriel, have another young guys coming with Felipe, Italo, and maybe I don't have more my opportunity for world champ. And we just start work together. And I, I try under, I try understand your your pressure and put out the this this obligation. Try to put the weight off your shoulders. Yeah, it's the same you talk now, Kalum, about enjoy the process. Come on, let's go surf one wave. Give me one good turn. Okay, nice one good turn. Another good wave. Okay, we made the heat. Okay, let's go to the next next heat. You, you don't put in your mind, oh, my world title. No. One wave, man. One turn. Come on. Step by step. And we stay together in super strong energy. It's, it's, a, it's a hard moment to, in, the life, in my life and the life of Adriano. We just lost a huge friend and athlete, Ricardo dos Santos. And Ricardo talked a lot with... Adriano, hey, Adriano, start work with, with Leandro. Leandro help you. And sometimes Adriano coming to me, talk, but only talk and no, no starting. After Ricardo passed away and Adriano coming to me and, man, now is the time. Come on, let's go do it, this together. And the, the work's good. And he made the, the word title. Hey, that's an amazing story. I mean, the loss of Ricardo was, was felt all over the planet. Brutal. Uh, I can't imagine how it would have felt for you, man. And uh, Adriano as well. 
but so interesting that he connected you too. Ricardo connected you and Adriano, and it was only after Ricardo's passing, it was like the spirit of Ricardo was working through Adriano and connecting you both, and you achieved something that we none of us thought was possible. We thought Adriano, the ship had sailed for him, like his chances were done, but it was an incredible world title win, man. Yeah, he's a, he's a special year for sure. Have a lot experience, magical experience. A lot of signs, a lot of magical signs. Yeah. Can you just, just take us to that Sorry, day? Sorry, guys. No, yeah, man. It's, take us to that day because um, Fanning was in the running for that world title. He lost a heat to Medina. Uh, just talk about the emotions of that final day for you guys. Uh, and Yaga, how old were you when that was happening? Were you, you must have been right. Yeah, the thick of I it. was uh, 19. 19. 19. So you're, you're present. There. You're I was there. there crying. <laughs> so can you talk us through, you know, when Fanning loses that heat and just the emotions that started to fill you? Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy day for sure. Uh, I felt like everything was going mixed way. And it was just the vibe. Like, we woke up that day and it was, it was kind of like, this is mixed day. And then somehow in the middle of the day, everything turned and became Adriano's day. And... Uh, I remember, I think when, right after Mick lost, Adriano still had to beat Mason to get the title, and Mason at pipe is really tough, everybody knows, and and this really big rainbow came, and like, it was like, right in the lineup, this massive rainbow, like, like right over where Adriano was, and we were, we were like, yeah, it's, this is the day, it's gonna happen, and and it happened. These guys were super focused. I was I was trying not to get in their way too much. I was I was watching a bit from a side, and but that was that was really special, really emotional. Man, that's an amazing story. Fucking amazing. It's just so amazing, man. And Mick Fenning has a similar story, actually. I think uh, when he won the title in 2007, he, his brother Sean had passed in a, in a car accident earlier on, and he's surfing uh, in a very critical heat and, and a a dolphin comes up and it's, you know, I think it's in Brazil and the water's quite dirty, so you never see dolphins. But this dolphin comes up and he's like convinced that, uh, yeah, it's his brother and he ends up, you know, cl uh, clinching the title there. So, man, I don't know what you make of stuff like that, but yeah, the, it, it's uh, pretty trippy. <laughs> and mate, that victory, like, obviously had a huge impact on your life. Uh, it's something, it gives you this sense of, I don't know if it's validation, but certainly that you're on the right path. How do you then go from working with someone like Adriano to someone like Jack Robinson, where, you know, you, since you have been in his corner, his surfing, his mentality, his just center, you know, his core center is just absolutely zoomed in, man. Like, it's pinpoint. So, yeah, what do did, what did you it, see it, in Jack and that you brought to him? It's about the... The our 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 way our is is a far far away. I just started with travel with Iago and Lucas Silveira and young guys, and 15 years ago, the first professional coming to me is Ricardo, and Ricardo worked together, and Adriano watching, and oh, I like this. The guys stay three months in Hawaii, travel for Puerto Escondido, Indonesia, training hard in good waves. Heavy waves, I like this style, and Adriano coming, and the world title coming, and maybe I, I, we, we, 
we stay close to Jack a long time. About Ricardo is Bilabong and Jack Bilabong too. And the guys stay on, on the same house in, in off the wall. And we watching Jack a lot. And in the time Jack coming to Volcom, we stay together a long time. And I just uh, observe and uh, I, I know what this boy needs, you know? He need change little be couple one, couple things for for going. He's amazing. You know, Jack Jack is amazing. Ten years old, he buried in the box. <laughs> He's amazing. We our people know about the the surf and the talent and Jack is crazy, is complete athlete and great surfer. Yeah, Jack. And, and the first year on Jack on tour is not easy to him. He lost a lot of hits and not, not good position. Is in after the surf range contest, he lost in the first round and maybe this time he coming to me and hey, I need help, man. We we have two more uh, competition, one in Barra de la Cruz, one in Tiahupo. Um, I need points for he qualify for the next year. And I talked to Iago and Iago, yes. Is Israel coming on the team? Okay, coming. It's, a, it's, it's not about the sponsors, about the, the name, about the status. It's about the woman, the person. The person is similar. Good, good vibes every, every time, you know? Lost, win, is the same vibes. Vibe is good. And okay, come into the team and start work together. And change a lot for everything. About the boards, the volume, the mentally. It's working, brother. It's working, man. You know, since you two got together, and um, I, yeah, it's a good segue into your story, Iago, because, uh, you know, we see so much uh, passion from the Brazilian surfers, and I mean, Italo and Felipe, you know, they're, they're not scared to, you know, fucking show who they are. They, like, smash boards backstage and fucking let fly, and when they celebrate, they celebrate hard. When they're angry, they're angry. Like, you don't strike me as that kind of guy. You strike me as a bit of a cruiser, but I wonder if you ever had the desire to just run up into the judging booth, fucking fly, kick that door down, grab Pratamo in a headlock, just sleep, sleep, Pratamo. Yeah, I think I think every surfer has has felt that in the in the deep of their minds, and uh, but yeah, I'm I'm more calm, I'm more controlled, and, uh, and maybe maybe from watching them do it, I'm like, I, I don't want to do the same, so I try to control myself. And but mate, your story is unreal. Like you, you know, I think my first uh, memories of you surfing are in movies. You know, I didn't see you winning comps. I didn't see you sort of like in that field of like, oh my God, here comes another fucking hot rat who's just winning everything. You were doing, uh, you know, insane surfing and like psychic migrations and, and all these clips. And it felt like you were just transcending this sort of like, I don't know, this, I guess, idea that people had about Brazilians just being hustlers in competition. You were like breaking through into that free surfing world. And I thought, Far out, this guy's going to be a free surfer. And then you get 
in 2015, I think you, you go all the way to the semis. 17. 17, was it? Yeah, sorry. So you go all the way to the semis in your first ever CT as a wild card. So, I mean, was there ever a choice between the two or did you know that you were, you were heading for the tour? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool story because uh, free surfing was really natural to me growing up uh, because I started a little later. I was 11 years old when I started. So kids my age were already sponsored, already surfing really good. So I, was, I sucked until I was like 15 or something. And <laughs> so I just, I just had to work from behind and... Uh, we didn't have a lot of money, but it was enough to do like a travel to Peru every year. So, yeah, I think that really shaped my surfing a lot. And I, I started getting better and started making airs really easily. And I don't know where that came from, maybe from this guy. But, but, um, but that translates into to film really well. So I was going to aerial surfing and started to started to get some attention from, from Volcom and I signed with the international team and uh, I did a first trip with them to Maldives and I think I was 18 at the time and it was me, Mitch Colleborn and Nate Tyler and I remember they were the, their peak form and on that trip they were like, wow, these kids are really, <laughs> because I was, I was just making everything and I was trying and I, um, and uh, yeah, that I just went to that path after that, and and I remember I I was doing a few comps every now and then, but I was I was not really good at it. Uh, I needed more experience, and I remember in 2016 was the first year I I had a crack at the QS, and I had a few a couple a few good events, but at the end of the year I had this this bad heat at sunset and. I thought I should have made the heat, but I didn't. And then uh, me and my dad actually sleep. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we actually we actually sat in the in the beach at sunset. And after that day, we were, he he told me like, "Look, we we have these two paths: uh, free surfing. It's gonna be easier for you. You're gonna you're gonna be great. And competition. This is gonna happen a lot." You're gonna feel like, like you should have made a heat, and you're not gonna make it. You're you're gonna feel like, like you're failing all the time. But uh, what do you want to do? What's your choice? And then I went, I'm gonna qualify next year, and I qualified. <laughs> Man, and being a, a a grommet and coming up, you know, you're watching. Adriano win world titles, you're watching Medina win world titles, you're watching Italo win world titles, you're watching Jaddy, you know, just grit and muscle his way onto the world tour. Incredible surfer, one of my all-time favorite surfers. What was it like, man, coming up underneath that? I mean, how instrumental or influential were those guys over your career? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Uh, I used to wake up in the middle of the night to watch these guys compete here in Australia <laughs> because Brazil is like 12 hours from here. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just just trippy to be in the same tour as them right now. And even like, I remember the first few years, they were even more friendly to me than they are now because maybe now they see me as a, as a competitor. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, things have changed, but um, I'm really grateful for it, and um, I'm really grateful to have them as an as an example and uh, to follow their their footsteps. One of the things uh, we acknowledged about Brazilian surfing when it was you know really hitting its strap, the Brazilian storm, it exploded on the scene, probably the most significant movement in, in surfing history. Like uh, you know, it was how tight the Brazilians were. Have you guys managed to maintain that that that? bond or has the success started to splinter the surfers you know like uh, are, are people less tight than they were at the beginning yeah i think everyone's still pretty tight of of course it looks even tighter from the outside but <laughs> of course we are competing against each other so it's not going to be like i love you please take this heat i'll let you go through <laughs> it's, it's never going to be like that and uh but after every event, we, we try to get together and have a, have a little barbecue or something and talk story and uh, we really do respect each other a lot. And uh, it's, just, it's just great, you know, we, we, are on, we are on the road the whole year, so it's good to have people you can go to when, when you need and to have, to have a friend there. Mate, yeah, beautiful. Uh, you, you're, you're really hitting top form you know a couple of years finding your feet on tour some good results but you know the tail end of last year and the start of this year being in the top 10 now and uh, I'm just curious though because you know you've got such a tight unit Leandro looking after yourself and Jack and in Portugal you know the inevitable happened where you and Jack had a semi-final um, how do you manage that you know like that energy because it must be trippy I know that you probably surf mock heaps all the time but when you get out there, is just describe that for us because it's a it's a trippy situation. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I'm I'm still trying to learn that actually because I haven't had that many situations happen. And of course, it's nice when it happens like all the way in the semis or something. And even if you lost there, you're still getting a good result. And of course, you want to you want to beat your friend, but <laughs> but you still walk away with third, and, and that's a good result. But it's it sucks when you meet up in like the first round or round three or something. And uh, but yeah, I'm I'm still trying to learn. And uh, I had a heat with Adriano in 2017 in the semis as well. And my dad was coaching both of us, and so I lost the both times. <laughs> I need to learn. <laughs> How hard is that for you, Leandro? Obviously, you know you're torn. You, you, no matter what happens, you're winning and you're losing. Yeah, it's, it's a life of competition, man. It's, it's natural. It's natural. It's nice if the guys stay together on the semis or the finals. For me, it's, it's, I'm happy. I'm happy for, for, for stay here, for, for traveling, for a good life. It's, it's nice life. It's long time, long, far for the family and everything, but it's, it's super good life. You know, heavy, 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 hard situation in the world. We have a super good life. And I'm just wondering, like, is the best way to deal with those sorts of heats just to get all the energy out of the way, just put them in the ring, a couple of boxing gloves, and just let them, let them deal with it afterwards? What's your strategy post, <laughs> post a heat like that? Um, I, I, don't, I don't talk too much just in the moment of the heat. I like work 
every day, every time, about the everything, for the energy, for the treatment, for the, the food, for everything, yeah? for techniques and watching the clips. I'm filming every session for the boys and watching the clips together and talk, talk about the, the movements and the boards and everything. In the moment of the heat is like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, just ignore it. That's what I'd do. <laughs> nah, that's cool. And Yago, man, like, what are your objectives on tour? Do, do you want to win a world title really bad? Um, I mean, I'm sure that you do, but have you put like a, a timeline on that? Because obviously you're such a gifted free surfer, man. You remind me of a, a young Rob Machado and... We often see, uh, you know, a lot of the world's best surfers spend the best years of their life competing on tour and don't get the time to put video sections together and, and free surf. Like, yeah, what are your priorities? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I really want to win a world title. Of course, uh, if I'm there, it's it's because I have the desire and I want it really bad. And uh, it's. It's weird actually because on my first few years on tour I I tried to I tried to visualize myself winning a title and, and I just couldn't but but now in this last two years I can start to dream so yeah. <laughs> yeah mate, that's sick. And and what about particular waves? Because like as much as you know, we love your ability to fucking flare. Like you you've got the one of the best air games in the entire world, free surfing in competition no matter what. But like when I think of events that you're going to win, I just think of Chopu, I think of Pipeline, I just think of fucking heaving cones. Um, yeah, do you sort of like pinpoint events that you want to like, I, I don't know how it works, whether you guys do this for every single comp or are there just ones that you go, that's an event I'm going to win one day? Yeah, yeah, of course there's, there's your favourite events and the ones you, you want to win the most, but uh, and the ones you know you're, you're good at it and you have a better chance at winning, but uh, I'm trying to go into every event wanting to win. And uh, of course, uh, it's been a long time coming, but I, I really want to get that first win. So I'm, I'm not picking, <laughs> I just want to get it. So yeah, whenever it comes, please come soon. Yeah, I'm man, ready. you're on the come up. <laughs> you're on the come up. The results are coming, man. Like that's, I think in the last like five events, you've had semis in three of them or something crazy like that. It's like, you're definitely on the on the come up, man, and I think that yeah, that energy is coming. That rainbow is going to shine down, man. I can feel it. Yeah, I think we uh, might get our next guest up, shall we? Round of applause for our panel so far. What a sick arvo, man! So cool. And now for our final guest of the evening, fighting out of yelling up Western Australia, this fame popping cone. Can crushing call Lord Kingpin Hellman degenerate stands among the greatest vortex shamans in galactic history. Raised on raw fish heads, human growth hormone, yoga, and howling offshore chambers of doom. He's seen the inside of more wounds than a midwife in downtown Mumbai. Please welcome to the stage, the titan of tombstones, the guru of gas bay, the boss of the box, the Nostradamus of North Point, the shaman of supers, the Ringo 
before we uh, before we welcome our next guest up, or you know, introduce him again, just want to give a big shout out to Billabong who have been uh, supporting Ain't That Swell Live since we started. Can't do these shows without those guys. So a big thanks to Billabong. We're going to be giving away this wetsuit with the Graphene Tech pretty soon. Flexible, warm, awesome, and some hats for the best questions. What so about stay that? tuned. What are, were you meant to do some raffle thing? For yeah, the, that's right. And uh, anyone who bought a better beer is going to get a raffle ticket and we're going to give away this board. Better Beer are on board with us uh, as one of our major sponsors as well and we're going to give that away. So, yeah, buy a Better Beer, get a raffle ticket. You're in the running. We're going to draw that later. But, Smithy. J-Man. Jay Davies, everybody. Round of applause for the local corn lord. Holy shit. How are you feeling, man? What makes you more nervous? Pretty nervous, uh, mate. Putting yourself under the ledge at eight-foot toomies or staring out at 200 anticipating faces? Lucky this uh, smoke's here. I can't see anyone down there. But, um, yeah, no, this is way more intimidating than any surf I've ever had in my life, I think. <laughs> Mate, how are you going? So uh, the last we knew, you were working on the tugs up there in Perth, uh, just biting down on the rope and paddling iron ore ships out to sea. Yeah, um... Shit, things have changed for, yeah, probably the better. Um, I was pretty lucky for probably 17 years of my life to travel the world um, surfing like these lads. Well, not as good as these lads, but um, no, getting, to modest, poke myself under, getting to poke myself under lips and um, pull into some slabs and find some holes to call home for a minute and... Um, <laughs> No, it's been it's been a rude awakening, really. Um, like all the panels said tonight, uh, you don't want to be working for a living. Um, <laughs> you want to be doing something pleasurable, and um, like kudos to these guys, they're still doing it, and it's a beautiful thing. And I got to live 17 years of it, so it was a, yeah, beautiful life. And um, here I now I'm now like working alongside one of my best mates. Um, got a nail belt on and banging nails in and chopping wood and trying to learn a different craft, which has been enjoyable. I was on the tugs for a while there and um, that was interesting. I was definitely built for the um, job itself, but uh, just the environment that I was in it just didn't feel exactly right for me. So, yeah, here I am now trying to find a different craft and figure out what's next for my later half of the year of, of life. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, we're all we're all there. Uh, you mentioned you, you, you're built like a wharfie. Now, where does this stem from? I understand, was it your, your grand... You're, you're of Native American ancestry, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, and, 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 your, and your granddad, uh, was it your granddad? Was the an Olympian or a, a gridiron player or something? Yeah, he was a gridiron player in um, college and he was built as big as me. Um, he was a little bigger. He was 6'5". 6'5". Um, but um, wow. no, he was an athlete for sure and definitely through the, um, through the genes, I definitely got granted some goods. Um. <laughs> you don't look like a sock full of walnuts. Yeah. It looks like a fucking condom full of bricks. Yeah. 
But uh, and I understand too, like a big part of uh, your life, interestingly, something people might not know about, uh, you know, you, I remember you were big into yoga, or at least your dad was, right? Your dad, like, uh, he had some heavy injury, broke his back, couldn't walk. What was the story there? Yeah, no, the old boy, um, he was into his surfing, partying and playing up and he... Uh, PD, yeah. He, Bit of an icon around it. these parts. Definitely an icon around here and probably everywhere else he's been. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he uh, he had, like, an accident when he was in his early 20s that I think a chiropractor stepped on his back, like, tried to crack his lower back and um, it actually broke a few discs in, the back, in his back and he couldn't really walk or do anything. So he actually took the time and moved to India and studied uh, under uh, a yogi called Iyengar and um, he was one of the most strict yogis in history. He died a few years back but if you look through history of what kind of yoga he was kind of taught to, would taught, teach people, um, yeah, it was out really it was the most like in severe like you sit in poses for hours or half a, like he would he would do head balance for an hour and a half or two hours every morning and stuff like that and that's what my dad would go through basically he went to India and did uh, a bunch of yoga for I think it was four or five years and um, yeah man um, I had so many injuries through my early well my through my life, basically, still having them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I had dad as a yogi and I was his student and he put me through hell, but it definitely helped. Mate, I tell you, like, the proof's in the pudding. Like, you can see, you, the, the strength you have across your body, like the way you're able to, to weave through the barrels you do and, and manhandle like the most heavy water that the ocean can really throw at you. It's a testament to that training. I mean, do you, do you attribute yoga to a, a large degree in enabling you to do that kind of surfing? I don't Bit know. Bit of a stretch? <laughs> I don't know. I, to be honest, I, I only did it when I needed it and that's probably a testament to where I ended up in this realm like I should have if I was more strict on myself and more disciplined I probably would be probably rubbing shoulders with these guys in the water but I was a little different trajectory and um, definitely yeah I probably surfed the best I did when I was heavily into my training and it goes to show with Jack Robbo I know he seems like he's doing a lot and I reckon Yago's pretty morphed out with his yoga probably and um it just goes to show like what, what about kind Jacko? of uh, well Jacko's on the piss with me um <laughs> but this I, guy's just a rugby player but like at the end of the day it just goes to show what kind of um like if you have like a good routine and you do the things that are um rewarding for the body like it just goes to show what kind of stuff the human can do and um yeah I, I honestly thought jay was angling for a flex off then mm. jacko yago and jay and callum all along the front shirts off just 
<laughs> I'm not that cut. I'm pretty, I'm pretty dad body. Should we get him up there? Come on, Jacko, get your one pack out, mate. Speaking of, uh, you know, just seeing what humans are capable of, I wouldn't mind taking a quick look at what Jay's capable of, if we can tee that up, Sweeney. Lights down. Music up. Turn the music up. I actually made that one, so just to... <laughs> A lot, you dog. Holy steak and potatoes, wow. Batman. Mate, uh, say what you will, but that is some of the greatest surfing that's ever been done, and that is why you are one of the goats, in my opinion, J-Man. Thanks, Jed. Thank Mate, you very much. Let's talk about some of these waves. Tombstones featured heavily in that film. Uh, that's Spirit, by the way. And uh, Native is the other one that came out a couple of years before that. Both of them are as good a clinic in fucking slab shamanism as you'll ever see. <laughs> Toomies, man, talk to us about it. Uh, you know, you've said it's easily one of the scariest waves on earth. What makes it so rattling? Oh, God, you're just, you're sitting like at the end of, the run basically um you get you have like midges up the very top and then you've got um you got centuries just next to you and then you've got like a probably like a 30 or 40 meter run before it hits toomies and when the good waves come they're they're big and they're thick and they're wide and they're it's just lined so um yeah when you're sitting there and you're at the top of the peak it's like your heart's in your throat and you're um yeah you kind of look around and if it's it's your wave to go you have to kind of man up and the ledge is pretty small so you can well it's it's small-ish but the button is you need it's like the clit i guess you gotta <laughs> you gotta find it But, um, yeah, so it's like... <laughs> Talk to us about that session on the blue board, man. That's as, that's as big as I've ever seen Toomey's hold. Like, uh, tell us about that day. That was actually Midgies. That's oh, the top right. peak. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the kind of the indicator. Um, but, yeah, that was a day where Toomey's was absolutely cooking. And I, um, I've got a bit of a problem with crowds. I'm pretty... Um, 
I like to spend my time away from people and um, it's kind of therapy for me, the going surfing and spending my time in the ocean. It's like quite, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot to do with therapy for me. It's like my uh, go-to place and it's always been. And um, so, yeah, it's busy these days, like everywhere you go and um, Toomey's gets busy too. So it was funny enough that day was just absolutely cooking and um, – there wasn't that many people up at Midgies, and I brought a six, oh, an eight o from. Um, I borrowed it from Lockie McHale. Actually, it wasn't even my board, and it was a chap star. Never ridden it, never surfed Midgies, and it was like a. I had two of my best mates, um, Carnarvon lad, um, fucking McHugh, and um, Jake Filter. And they were like, they'd been surfing it for years and I had never surfed it. And they were like, yeah, come on, let's surf it. So we paddled up there and, um, yeah, it was a pleasure. There was only like five of us out and it was just absolutely roping. And I watched um, Lukey McHugh get like probably the scariest waves I've ever seen on the head and he kept doing it over and over. I, I literally caught like three waves. He caught, he, well, he caught about... 10 he made probably three but he got absolutely flogged and I was like I I would not survive that I'm not going anywhere near it and I was just looking down at him and he's just getting flogged and he's just coming coming back out yeah fucking how good's this I was just like what the fuck are you doing cunt this is crazy <laughs> like I'm like literally just fucking screaming over these things like it was big like you look at that, it, it's big, but it doesn't really give it justice. It doesn't do it justice, but it still looks fucking big. In it's that big, clear. okay, yeah, it looks big. But I was fucking shitting myself the whole time, and these guys are just fucking letting it, just loving it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was a fuck, that was one of the sickest experiences. And as soon as that happened, I was like, fuck, I need to get NATO, and I'm bringing it back next year. Amazing. Man, and uh, another wave that you've got a really good relationship with, Rabbit Hill. Uh, you know, it's the stomping ground at Taj Borough, famously. Uh, oh, mate, it's pretty well on the fucking map, isn't it? Jesus. I will bleep it out anyway. But, uh, yeah, talk to us a bit about Rabbits, man, and, uh, you know, your relationship with that joint. Yeah, fuck. Um, that's probably, like, my favourite little wave. Like, my connection to that joint is... Um, crazy it it feels like home i i grew up in yelling up so um i have like a huge like i'm i'm native like i've got like a blood to the land wherever i go i feel and i think all of us do have that um but especially for yelling up like for some reason i have this connection with rabbit hill and it really feels like when i am in that rip because it's a lot of work like and I'm built for it. Like, I, I literally have these fucking arms from Rabbit Hill, I reckon. Um, I just grew up in that rip. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those waves that is so rewarding but so hard to get that reward. And um, it's, it's like what you guys do for a living, basically. Like, you're, um, you're competing and competing and losing and losing and losing and losing and then bang you get the wave of the session or the 
the wave that makes you want to work again. And it's just like, it's, it's, an, it's an addiction. And um, God, it's so much thrill to um, surf Rabbit Hill. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's... That. One of the greats. We're sitting up here with one of the all-time greats from a zone that is as steeped in core lord lineage as any on the planet, Vaughan. Any in the galaxy, in fact. Mate, uh, I'm interested to know too, like, growing up, in yelling up, like, who were the big influences on your life? I mean, you, you, the generation just under Taj, you, you know, I guess you're a similar vintage to Dino Adrian and, you know, just some of the fucking greatest underground tube pigs that have come out of this country. Who are the guys that, you know, you really kind of competed with for cones and uh, who are the guys who really had a, a big influence on your, your surfing journey? Fuck. Um, well, Taj, to be, like, honest, he's, like, the biggest in inspiration out of anyone like he's pretty much brought all you guys up probably and to have him as like a a, a mentor or just like someone to aspire for and then become one of your best mates you're just like fucking holy shit this is really is this life like this is sick like but um man i remembered when i was super young just watching taj out there on his own with like it was onshore or southerly, like where it's like ugly, but just like big stormy swells, and he's just getting the craziest tubes. I remember my dad was walking the beach, and he must have had a camera on him, and he took snaps of this. He got a sequence of TB in this barrel, and like we had it fucking posted around the house, and it was something that just like inspired me to fucking want to get tube there. Um, but then, yeah, like I guess growing up. In the southwest, there's guys like Dino Adrian that is the biggest tube pig I know. Um, still is. Sid Freak tube pig. The works. He barely surfs, but when as soon as you get in the water with him, he's just getting tubes. So, like, I mean, I guess that's why he doesn't surf all the time. He's just like doesn't have to to get to be good enough to get super tubed every time he gets on his board. And um, fuck, there's so many guys, but. I don't know. Um, my brother was someone that wanted, like, he was always, he always, like, I, I sat on the side of the, we started pretty old, I guess, 10 years old or something like that. So I was shit scared at 14, still looking at, like, Smith's Reef, little Smith's Reef, and he was getting cornholed out there. So it's like, but, um, Man, there's so many good surfers around here. There's like Rowan Annesley. He was, he's still like a shaman that I look up to. Um, and then there's the younger generation that's coming up now that's even better. Chippo, Robbo. Man, it must be hard though. You know, obviously you, you never went on and really did the QS and, and chased the tour all that hard, but you must suffer from a, a similar lethargy to surfers that come from Tahiti or Hawaii and that like. There's not much incentive really is there to go and chase the queue when you're from a joint like this and you can paddle out the rabbits and get waves like that? Yeah, not really. I, I remember I tried to do it for two years or something, or one year, and it was horrendous. Like, I, I reckon I was going through, a, like, a growth spurt too, which was a bit of a bad time to be trying to grovel in, like, knee-height waves through Europe and, um, uh, yeah, around the world. And, uh, yeah, I'd never made a heat, so it was a pretty quick incentive to just start riding tubes around home. 
Man, I'd love to get uh, the panel's take on, on what we just saw too. Leandro, Yago, the lads, like, um, you know, when you watch footage like that, what, what comes to mind? That was fucking tapped. Um, <laughs> fuck, if I can get one of those waves in my lifetime, I'll be stoked. Especially the stuff at the start and then the stuff on the blue board. Like, you're a fucking big lad. On an 8-0, and the waves still look big, so I hate the fucking seat in the lineup. That was really cool. I'd be interested to get your take, Yago. I mean, this is a, a, a kind of direction you could take with your career if you wanted to. I'm sure you've got the, uh, the moxie to pack mondo cones of mortal coneoquence up at Toomey's. Like, I, uh, do you have any interest in, in, I don't know, you could even, I don't know what the tour schedule's like exactly, but you could even maybe tag on a trip up north after this. Is that a wave that you'd like to surf? Yeah, yeah, Jack actually always tells me to go and it's hard with their schedule, but uh, I think now we have more time. Uh, I don't know if September or October is a good time of the year, but... <laughs> Bit late, mate. <laughs> yeah. December. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I think you're going to get a square answer in Good here, know. Definitely December. No, no it's like... <laughs> January, we... February, pretty good time. <laughs> okay. I'll well call played. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to see you out there, Yago. You would fucking light that place up. And the best thing about Yago, having surfed with him in Hawaii, the way you conduct yourself in the lineup, man, you, you are a credit to yourself and your family and your country. You're, you're very calm and, and passive presence in the lineup, not hassling, I notice, sitting you know, underneath people and going, uh, what waves come your way and absolutely fucking flaring. So I think you'd be welcomed, uh, you know, with open arms up that way, to be honest. Hopefully, yeah. Tried, I try to respect everyone as as I'd like to be respected so I just I just do as as I that's cool we'll yeah. see you out there in yeah. February mate <laughs> perfect <laughs> I was sitting next to Cal Rob I was sitting next to Cal and he's watching those waves at Jay and I could honestly hear your teeth grinding you were just going oh get me into one of them <laughs> mate that's that's I know that that is a big big fuck yeah yeah you got the big sandy one but uh, I know that's a big part of like what you're, you know, that's what drives you, Cal, like those sorts of waves. We know you love them, man. True yeah, degree. for sure. That's, I think that's, that's what, why we started, we all started surfing is to get barreled and have fun. And for me, getting barreled is like the true essence of surfing. It feels like I'm just purely enjoying it. And so um, to see footage like that and those like crazy blue, blue pits was insane. And um, yeah, hopefully. We see you out there in February, brother. Yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Me and, me and Yago just riffing in. We're, <laughs> we're Backside, gonna, backside snaps. We're going to throw it open to the Swellians in a second, Smithy. Maybe, but, um, maybe a World Tour competition, February. There. Yeah. Yeah, man. Right. Good, huh? More than well. Rivkel search. So we're going to throw it open to you guys. We're going to give away some billabong hats and uh, this graphene wedding to the, the number one crew. But before we do, I always knew that Jay Davies was fearless. Always knew he was like, pretty much skits can't. But I didn't know how... Uber, Uber skits can't, I'd yeah, say. I didn't, I didn't know how fearless until I heard that you were dating Kalar Alexander's daughter for a while. <laughs> and, uh, look, man, I don't need you to go into Are it. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, that was Wassel's reaction when he heard. We're talking about the most fucking heaviest enforcer on the North Shore, you know, since Johnny Boy. 
And the only question I really wanted to ask you <laughs> is like, what were you thinking? <laughs> but, <laughs> no, like, mate, what were you thinking? <laughs> when you were driving over to say and shake his hand and meet him for the first time, how was that drive? Oh, fuck, I knew Kalar way before I met Mahina, so, um, fuck, I wasn't thinking very well. <laughs> like, I was, it, I was kind of forced into it, though. She... Mahina was a lot like Kalar, so very demanding. We'll, we'll cut all this out, mate. We're not going to fucking throw this. This is just for this room. Yes, please. It's just for this please room. Please don't tell you. this but story. No, I had to she, bring it up because she was, was like, like, we're going home together. And I was like, I'm not going home with you. You're Kalar's daughter. And I was like, and she was like, nah, it's fine. I've already called him. And I was like, get fucked. Are you shitting me? I'm done. Oh, mate, that is one of the great chapters in surf history, I reckon. Yeah, there's a long story, but I don't know if tonight's the night. It's That's probably when a bit beer between me and you. It's probably never the night, mate, to be honest. But thanks for sharing anyway. Appreciate it. Let's throw it over to the Swelly and Smithy. Does John John Flowers have Kelly Slater's foreskin in his knee? Does Gabby shave the bits of skin that none of us can see? If you drag your filthy corn home down to the face of the old man Pike, will spots fly from a lack of comet across the lonely night? Are the wazzles judges crazy? Have they fucking lost the brief? Would shame her and take The prophets will oblige So scoff your shoes and ask us a question We will speak no lies Ask us a question We'll tell you no lies Ask us a question We'll tell you no lies Righto, Swellians. Who's got a question for the panel? Anyone? Right up the back. Let's go. I'm going to squeeze over. Just name and question, old mate. Hey, what the fuck happened to the goat wrangler? You know, from last time. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had a fucking full three-story goat printed out and someone stole it. We got it back. Shit question, you don't get a hat. Who's got a question? Anyone got a question for the panel? Right up the back here. Let's have a look. Righto. Name and question, mate? Uh, Bendy from the South Coast. So what did the Wazzle do to piss off Huey and what kind of sacrifice is going to be required to get some fucking waves? Have a hat. <laughs> I don't know who's qualified to answer this one down there, Smith. Uh, what kind of sacrifice? I mean, are we talking human or animal? Uh, I think Jack Robbo was the sacrifice already. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Blown meniscus. Right? He's out of the He's contest. He's out of the contest. And there's some fucking legends in the contest. So, up, Jack Thomas. I mean, you, you're a box shaman uh, in many meanings of the word, Jay. Uh, like, 
how, how's the, the, the forecast looking? I mean, are we looking at a couple of days at the box, potentially? Not sure. Maybe. Nah, I don't know. I haven't really looked for the contest, but I'm going to look at Tuesday, Wednesday for my sights. Your itinerary, well played. You reckon uh, we need another G-Land send to bring some waves? Fucking back. amen. Yeah. Thought you'd be into that, Jacko. Chill. All right, we'll name get... and question, mate. Uh, Sam from the board store. I just want to ask um, Deadly and Smivy, what's it like hosting a theatre over a, over a pub or a, or a uh, bowls club? Oh, good question. Smivy can answer that. Oh, there you go, Sammy. Hang on a minute. You've got thousands of these hats, don't you? Fucking hell. No hat for you. No hat. <laughs> yeah, Smivy, how are you feeling up there being part of the bourgeois elite you fuck with? <laughs> oh, I feel I'm getting my just desserts after years of thankless toil. So uh, this is one of the greatest moments of my life. All right. Got a question here, one for the panel, hopefully. All right, yeah, my name's Barlow. I want to know which one of you fuckers is going to smoke that bong up there. Go on, Smithy. Who's got Have the chuff, hey? Come on, come on up here. We'll show these bourgeois parasites how to do it. So Get on up here if you've got a pocket full of Margaret Rivers' finest. Smithy will rip one. Here we go. Oh, Tati! Up the barrel podcast. Hey. Just might take a moment. You guys can yeah. continue answering questions. Uh, Just while we're here, Adzi, where are you, mate? Can you jump up for a sec? Can we get a round of applause for Barrel Podcast, the fucking sickest local program? Mate, good to have you on Namewe. Hey, boys, how you going? Fucking awesome up the swellion! Fucking swellion! Boys, uh, what do you got in store for us? I mean, I know we're a hard act to follow, but surely you can fucking piss all over the Fuck me show. sideways. There's a couple hey. of canisters in here, mate. I don't know why. Uh, you guys are the fucking kings. We love you, man. Uh, thanks Not for coming to Margaret either, River. Putting on a show like fucking Sunday night, mate. Thanks for coming down. Guests have been awesome. Mate, I might actually put this Brazilian dude in my team after tonight. Like, I like him, eh? Hey, that's a huge compliment, Yago, from down here, mate. He might even get you there in March. <laughs> Only because Jack Robert got injured, though. But no, mate, actually, thanks for fucking coaching Jack Robert. That was a really cool insight that you gave before. And, mate, he's our great white hope from Margaret River. Go, Jack Robert. And after hearing what uh, Leonardo said tonight, man, he's, he's in good hands. And uh, he's a fucking... That was a question from Tony Saffer, actually. Is Leonardo a... Uh, Leandro. Leandro. A Jedi Knight. Mate, have you got Jedi powers? Because, uh, yeah, you, you, turned, you turned that little Padawan Jack Robbo into a full-blown Jedi uh, overnight, seemingly. Are you the Obi-Wan Kenobi of uh, surf coaching? <laughs> Who asked that question? On your toe. There you go, brother. Uh, Vaughn, on a scale of mild reprimand to ban for eternity, what's going to happen if I do actually rip one? You're sweet as. You're the fucking swelling Rip prince. one. This is a bit complicated. I've oh. had a blowout. He's broke his jaw, the, uh, the old punisher here. So I think it's a two-man operation, Jacko. <laughs> oh, this is good. 
I'll find a new question in the meantime. Anyone got a question? They want a billabong hat or try and win this graphene wetsuit? Oh, here we go. Swelliette. What's your name and question? I'm Jules. Oh, this one's for yoga. Uh, Hang on, did you say Yoda yoga or Yago? Are you kidding me? It's uh, Yago Dora. <laughs> it's yoga, yoga now. <laughs> this one's for yoga. Would you ever give up the QS title to free surf forever? If, if I would ever give up? No, no. <laughs> It was, I would, a, it was uh, a funny question. Would you ever give up the QS title? A QS title? <laughs> but I think you, you mean like, would you give up Surf and Heats to Free Surf to, Is that right? The world no. title. The world title. Ah, no. No way. No. Nah. I'll have time for a Free Surf after the world title. There's plenty of time for Free Surfing. <laughs> I, maybe, I, free sur there, mate? I Free Surf more than I compete still. <laughs> Yeah, good one, Yago. I'm a man of refined taste. I'm not, gonna, I'm not just going to fucking smoke cones of anything, mate. Bundaberg rums. Better beer or nothing. It's bad. Hello, brother. See you in a sec. Hey, you going, Smithy? You right there? I reckon we get We're getting there. A bit of a process. <laughs> All right, we'll find another question. Here we go. Name and question, mate. Yeah, it's Dan here. Question for the uh, bong packer up there, Jacko. Uh, oh, mate, wait for this. Anyway, Jack, Jacko, uh, just a little question for you, mate. Um, just wondering if you had a little word to Felipe after his little dummy spit there about here, uh, nine, his 9.0 that he, uh, after your 9.0, sorry, mate. I kind of missed half of that. I was quite involved in the bong face to my right. I heard uh, post-heat, Philippe, am I on the right track? Yeah, mate. Was there anything said after the heat or did you just give him a wide berth? Now of, I don't know, sport, sport, and I mean, I didn't get to re-watch the heat at the time when I went and saw him, and I just kind of congratulated him, and I was just more proud of being able to, I don't know, needing an 8.6 against the defending world champion and getting a nine was pretty fucking cool to me, and um, yeah, I mean, fuck, like, I feel like we chatted and his, his actions weren't against me, they were against the judges, it kind of looked like it was against me and we had a good chat and I've, I've known Philippe for a long time now and he's kind of like an inspiration to me so to be able to just have a heat against him and chat to him after, there's full respect and hopefully have more heats with him in the future. That's a great question. I think that's our graphene wetty at the moment. It's quite the contrast. At the that's moment, like, at the moment fucking... still might get done. A professional answer there. Okay, I, I love how sets just fucking Five seconds ago, you're packing cones, and the next minute you're fucking uh, pro sportsman of the year. Are you kidding me? 
Best of both worlds. Paulie, what do you got for us, brother? Thanks, Forno. Hey, my one's for, for Jay. If you were throwing a wild card for uh, the next couple of days, would you, would you take it for the comp for Margaret River Masters? 100%. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'd like, I'd like to see you there, mate. Yep. Thank you very much. No, I would love to. I didn't get the Guernsey for the trials. I would have surfed all day and fucking tried my best. But I'm a bit over the hill, I think, these days. So um, there's a lot of up-and-coming young thrills trying to get at it. So, no, but I would love to. Fuck, I reckon you give us a good, honest crack. Yeah, mate. Imagine Jay coming up against Jow or Philippe in round three. That'd be fucked Fuck, up. I would love that. At the box? Are you kidding me? Fucking eat Holy that up. Holy shit. Imagine him fitting that big rig in a couple of box pits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're out of hats, so we're just going for the wedding now, guys. Think long and hard. You could win a wetsuit here. G'day, guys. My name's Ash. It seems like this mid-year cut's been getting a lot of shit. Are you guys happy with that? And if you're not, what are you doing to stand up about it? What was that question? <laughs> what language was that? Sorry. <laughs> Could anybody else understand that? Or is it just me? I think, oh, it, cool. I think cool. it's woke. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Nah, just the half-year cut. Like, are you guys happy with that? And oh, if the you're cut. Not, ah, the get cut. you now. Yeah, the cut. And if you're not... Hey, didn't you hear anything? Jacko doesn't want to talk about it. I just got too much <laughs> bong water in my ears. Um, <laughs> oh, the <laughs> Someone keep a video just in case your Sada comes knocking tomorrow morning. Just, no. <laughs> um, nah, the cut is what it is. I think definitely opens up that back end of the year for, I know, the pressure to come off when you do make the cut. Um, I feel like some of the best performances are in that back end of the year and... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely not for or against it, but, I mean, I've only been on one side of it, so it definitely would be tough to be on the other side of it. Righto. <laughs> Got another one here. Up the back. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Go for it. All right, J-Boy, would you rather surf Huzzers for the rest of your life or ride a stand-up paddleboard for the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> there goes the wetsuit. How big's a stand-up paddle? <laughs> hey, Smithy, guess what, mate? We've got a limerick. This could be the wedding winner. I'm just calling Fucking it. It's been a while since we've had a limerick. It is. Here we go. What's your name again, mate? Owen, mate. Oh, dog. Give it to us. Gonna have to channel the old VB ad voice. A carnival strongman named Jacko, who completed a nine with a grand duos, Wacko. His steady diet of pie... He made Toledo cry, and the rest of the Brazilian storm went a bit wacko. You feeling it? Yeah. Sorry, mate. Fell flat. Points for trying, yeah. I, I back any limerick, any attempt to rhyme. You All know, right. We got another one over it's, here. It's bogan rap. Name and question. Which surfer has the most grit? Cal Robson. No question. All right, come on, one more. Let's end this thing on a high, Swillians. Here we go, one in the middle. 
Uh, I'm Andrew from Quarum Up. Um, back in 03, Jay, you, um, I think you were about 14 or 15, and you, you ran over my mate's board in the Supers car park. <laughs> and uh, you, you promised him you were going to give him a new board, and uh, he hasn't got it yet. Keep uh, <laughs> up protecting your mate. Mate, if that doesn't oh, win three. a nothing does. I wasn't even driving at that time. I didn't even have my licence. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Oh, I think that's it. Are we done? Can we get a round of applause for our panel? Before we... Uh, did you guys like any of those questions? Anything stand out for you guys that be taken home this wedding? I can't remember hitting that... Um, or riding over that... Uh, board, but I'll uh, happily replace it with the board now. Oh. Or even a wetsuit. I mean, yeah. Give him the wetsuit. All right. Wetsuit instead you of a board. Keep your mouth there shut. You it never happened. But, Smibby, we've just got two more things. Two more things we've got to do with you guys tonight. We're going to pick out the winner of the Better Beer board right now. So we'll get those raffle tickets if you've got them. And then we're going to ask the panel to come down the front and all you guys just have to either stay in your seats or stand up and we'll do a big up the swellians for a big group photo. And uh, that's it. Then we all get fucking either on the Yoda, the yoga or the Stormtrooper program. <laughs> so, uh, I'll hand it over to Jacko to draw the number. Jacko can draw the number. Who's he got? Red. Red B90. We got it. Yeah, brah. Well done. Good job. Get up there. Grab your board. Just jump up. I think that's the last order of business. All right. Well, um, what we might do is ask you guys to come down here, stand in the front. Thanks so much, Swellians. An epic arvo in Margaret River. Hope you had a good time. Going to get these guys to come down. Come on down the stairs. Squeeze in if you want. And we're going to get a big old group shot together. Well done. Fucking up the swellians. On the count of three, we're going to give it a fucking huge one. You ready? Here we go. You're going to have to stand on a chair, sweets. Stevie Asmus there. Alrighty. Squeeze on in, folks. It's going to be a tough one. On the count of three, up the fucking swellians. You ready? One, two, three, up the fucking swellians! One more time. One, 